Hello and welcome to Universal Voices Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to sharing the depth of wisdom, faith, and goodness found in the people of the Universal Catholic Church. I'm your host, Alisa Molina. I am so thrilled to welcome in Teresa Rojas Sosi to the podcast this morning. I actually stumbled upon her. Um, That's like the beauty of Instagram. And I just, I think that one of the things that impressed me like right off the bat is just how you are able to just like show up as like yourself. There's no compromising like the fullness of yourself. And I just all like all aspects of yourself. And so I just, yeah, anyway, that just drew me in and your impeccable taste in music. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm a nineties baby for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay. So um, I'm going to start with, um, tell us one thing that makes you, you. One thing that makes me, me, I think just the ability, like you said, I can um, intertwine um, both, I think for me, my both cultures, not many know I, I am half Mexican and half Native American Navajo, and I'm able to intertwine both cultures. Um, I grew up, you know, in three cities. I had the rural um, and urban life uh, growing up. And so I think what makes me me is how I can understand all aspects of the culture, aspects of any type of situation. Um, I think with being Native American and Catholic, you kind of have to have that perspective, especially in this ministry, being in Native ministry. Not a lot of people know that are Native American Catholic. So when you're coming into this, I think that's one thing, you know, people are still wondering, you know, are there still Native American Catholics? I remember I did a thing with the USCCB and I think it was one of the, either at the big large groups, I don't know if someone had put that in the chat or if it was what we had that big gathering in Chicago, someone has said that like, oh, I didn't even know Native Americans still exist. And I just remember thinking, like, oh my, what? wait, yeah, like, yeah, no. No, yeah. Okay, not, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm just going to, yeah. they literally said that out someone loud. Yeah, yeah. I remember someone saying that and I'm just like, wait, what? You know, and then, you know, you kind of have to just think, you kind of have to just pull back because you also have to think about like, it's not being taught you know, in schools or anything like, so I think what makes me me is that I'm able to bring that to the church or just in front, whatever I go, you know, cause if I'm in a circle with Native American peers, they already know I'm Navajo, but then they don't know I'm Mexican. So I think that what makes me, me is that I'm able to bring both aspects and both views to something. And like I said, uh, I've said this many times, you know, my mom's Mexican. And so we grew up, I'm a cradle Catholic and I work in the church. If you would have told me this when I was in high school, I would have told you like, no, no. God's funny like that, right? No, no. And the the thing is now is I love it. Like I couldn't really imagine myself doing anything else. You know, now I really think of it um, as a calling. Uh, especially with certain ministries, like I think I've gotten really involved with St. Winston Paul. And I think with that, I take that one really seriously. Yeah. Um, now that the Vince, because we were a Vincentian church, we had a Vincentian father, we had the Daughters of Charity. Wow. And now that they're gone, it's you feel that, that absence, 
So now it's just like for me. And then also too, now we're on a break, our Savage DePaul. I think we're the only Savage DePaul on any reservation. Um, We had to um, temporarily close because we can't find a new president. We need new members. So for right now, we're temporarily closed. So our church really feels that Savage DePaul absence. So that's another thing, you know, I bring, I think just being involved with the church so much for me that's what makes me me is that I yeah can pull from different yeah um, views and still maintain a strong sense of faith um, and try not to lose it uh, even though there are uh, obstacles or there should be things that should pull me away from it you know Native American like if I'm Native American so yeah. the whole history with Native Americans yeah. involving the church, not only with the schools, but the abuse and everything. Uh, and then Mexicans, it's the same way, you know, like right. I feel right. you, I have gone through so many things. So, I mean, this kind of leads to the, the second question of like, what do you bring to the church? I, I just, you know, just from listening to you right now and and that phone conversation that we had before, I mean, it just, it just feels like you bring so much to the church, right? So like, what, what do you think, like, if you, if you had to name like one thing that you think you're contributing or you're bringing to the Catholic church now in this modern time, what, what do you think that is? I think being a voice to Native American Catholics. You know, when I first got into advocating for Native American Catholics, it was mostly just to get a voice out there. And now I am a new mom. And so for me now, it's to have her voice, you know, cause she is a three fourths Navajo. And so, and she is, I'm hoping she'll continue her faith, you know, but she will be, you know, baptized. She will have her sacraments. But for me, I just hope that I raise her to where she wants to continue this. That's really key. Uh, you know, you when when I'm I'm like, well, what are you, what are you bringing to the church? And and you know, you're you're talking about your voice, but you're talking also just about like what it means for this for 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 your voice and for your advocacy to continue on generationally right and um and god you know like okay so i i think i'm trying to wrap my brain around what it is in the year 2023 to be a native catholic you know what i mean you know what i mean because yeah it it's already like legit it's in a lot of ways it's hard to be a person of faith like in general just in modern times and to just talk about the history, right? I listened to um, I listened to a podcast on the way back from I traveled out of town yesterday, a podcast um, um, about that was interviewing Gloria Purvis, and she was talking about just like the history of like Black Catholics having to be like having to have their own parishes because like either they weren't allowed to receive Eucharist or they're like in the rapture, you know, like. That was wild to me because when the USCC, when we started doing the USCCB during COVID before the whole journeying together thing, we had cultural 
um, presentations. You know, the first one was Native American, and then we had um, Black African, you know, the African American cultural group. And when they, I don't know why it did not sit in my brain that in certain churches they were segregated. For some reason, I just didn't think at church you they segregated people or in, or they were denied communion. Like I don't know why that it didn't dawn on me. You know, so when I heard about that, I was just like, what is, what the heck is this? You know, and then you hear, and that was such a beautiful thing that we did, you know, with the USCCB, with each cultural group presentation, you get to see how the church, good and bad, has affected these cultural groups. And the thing that gets me is that they're still here, you know, they're still Catholic. I just feel like you really have to look at each cultural group and what the church has done to each cultural group. And then one probably never even got an apology for anything, but yet they're still here. You know, that's, that's interesting that you say that because I was, um, I tried really hard to like read um, news and get news from like a vast array of places so that I don't, so that I don't like have group think and just make my decisions based on what, like the one area of information that I get my, you know what I mean? And so I was listening to this online news guy who is kind of giving the history of Jewish persecution. And it was really interesting for me to hear the Catholic church's hand in all of that over history and then him tell talk about how i want to say in the 60s it was uh like the pope at the time he came out and was like whoops our bad we shouldn't have x y and z you know what i mean and i think i think that like this man is not catholic and he's you know he's just trying to explain kind of the iteration of his own history and he and for him to for him, for there to actually be a point in history where we as a church said, we were wrong. This was wrong. We, we created suffering. Yeah. We, you know, we, in this place, we were not infallible. You know what I mean? Like that for me as a Catholic was, first of all, I was like heartbroken over like the centuries of times where we were like, off. You know what I mean? But as a Catholic, I want to see our leadership. If, if, if like we're the church and we are the church of like, we go to confession to not only confess that we've done something wrong, but mm-hmm. also to do penance and make, yeah. and to try to repair the places that we went yeah. sideways. If we are literally the only church <laughs> that has this sacrament of like, confession and reconciliation. I want to see our leaders in humility be like, yeah, we got it wrong. Not only we got it, not only one that we got it wrong, but like in the getting wrong, the residual effects of that, we still see them today. And, you know, I feel like if, if leaders are going to say, yeah, we got that wrong. Sorry. Sometimes the, the posture is let's move on. Like, sorry, let's move on. Sorry, it's not like that anymore. But it's like, yeah, but like, it takes a long time for wounds to heal. And it's that, and I feel like they don't heal 
properly if you don't recognize it and you don't acknowledge it. Right. Right. And if you're not sorry, like truly sorry. See, like just as discussing this, it's like we see the problem, we recognize it, and it's like we're still Catholic and we're still so faithful to our faith. And I just wish that people would still see that, you know, and I think that's another reason why I voice, I try and voice everything about it. And, you know, and yes, I bring all these issues and I, you know, uh, not remind or, you know, like for me, I just, it's, it's like, I just always remember someone telling me, you know, that a bishop had said, like, why do we keep breaking this up? You know, the history with the Native American Catholics or just the church and the Native. And it's just like, you know, because it's still so brand new. Like, this didn't happen hundreds of years ago. This happened, like, in the 40s, 50s, 60s. Like, this is, like, not that long ago. You know, and that question really, it really irks me because as Catholics, we rest on the magisterium and tradition and scripture, right? When we talk about like what we hold to be true, right? And tradition is so uniquely important to our faith, right? Like we don't, we we are not sola scriptura, right? Like we don't just say, oh, the Bible says. We go all the way down tra- through tradition. So we as Catholics believe that what happened in the past, what happened at the beginning, what happened in the yeah. first years of our church, all the way through what is happening now, like all of that impacts our church. And so if we can understand that in a faith perspective, if we can understand that like our tra- like tradition, what has been handed to us is vitally sacred and important why can these same brains and hearts not understand that pain and suffering and the ways that we have gotten it wrong and the ways that we have created such pain and division in the past, how can we not see that it transfers over, that we're still trying to mend and work through those things? Like, I don't get it. Like, how can you see the past as something integral to who we are, but cannot see the past as something that is integral to how we're trying to mend and and heal? Yeah. And I just think when I heard that, I just kept thinking like, it was a major part on why we had this cultural presentation, you know, because we wanted people to see like, yes, the church has done horrible, horrible things to Native American, Native Americans and Native American Catholics, but we are still Catholic, you know, like when we were doing, when the African-American group, it, I remember Bishop, one of the bishops was like, I am black and I am Catholic and I'm still here. Like, I just remember thinking that would be such a great shirt because you can do that for any minority group, right? you know, especially it being Catholic. Right. And so for me, every time I hear that question, I'm like, why do you have to bring that up? Or when I hear, oh, the Pope apologized, it's not enough for me. It's when the Pope apologized and visit, you know, Canada. It's such a big deal because he's the one out of all the groups have done all this horrible crap to Native right. Americans that actually apologized. No one else, the government hasn't done that. No other religious groups has done that because I'm pretty sure 
Catholics aren't the only religious group that have done these horrible things to in the words or in hopes of evangelization. People just don't realize, I think, how big this is. And then also, too, for him to the whole, um, what is it, the doctrine of discovery. discovery. You know, that's a big thing. Right. You know, especially, and I, and so it's, it's, I feel like people who don't know the faith or don't really know about Pope Francis, um, they don't understand it, which I under, I get, I get, I get. But or the one thing that really bothered me or irked me was when people didn't see that as enough when he's the first one out of everybody who's done horrible, horrible things to apologize and to visit. Like, I, they just couldn't see that part. So, and, and that's what, that's what I absolutely love about you. And, and that's kind of the, just the people that I vibe with are these people that can hold both. Like I can both be really, really fired up about how much we have to be sorry for and help mend. And I can hold the places where we are trying and we're doing better and we're, and we're being who we say we are. We we're leaning into the universality of our church. We say that we're a church of the globe and we're trying to be the church of the globe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally understand. Like for me, yes, I'm a deep person of my faith, but I also hold my faith and my church accountable for what right. they are doing and what they have done. And I think that's what probably irks a lot of the older generation is because I call it out and it's right. like, I'm not, and then I just leave it. Like, you know what I mean? Then I'm done. No, I'm going to call it out. Keep calling it out if it bothers me. You know, I, I just remember doing a podcast or doing something. And I just remember thinking like, I thought I was doing a lot. I'm still not doing a lot. We still have a long way to go. You know, like, yes, I'm getting my voice out there. I'm getting more Native American Catholics heard, but it's, it's not enough because I feel like we're still not viewed as a group in the Catholic faith. Right. And so for me, I just hope by the time Natalia is a practicing Catholic, you know, in her adult age that it's not viewed like that. And I, and that's why now it's pushing me so hard to do these things and, and to want to get the word out there and every, you know, so for me, I think that's what probably bothers a lot of people is that, yes, I'm a practicing full Catholic, you know, practicing faith, everything, but I will hold, my church accountable, my faith accountable when it's, when it's not right, when you know, it's not right. Not when it's pick and choose of being right and wrong, you know, when you know it's wrong. And so for me, um, and I feel like you kind of have to have a support system to do that. So I'm like fair. I'm like, so thankful. I'm so very thankful for my friends that I've met do, through journey together through the USCCB. You know, I'm just so thankful for that because we have this group chat where we just anything goes in there. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to, you know, you can vent. So we like talked so much about, <laughs> about, about what you bring to the church. Cause it's so very important. Tell me, tell me what the church brings to you. And I will try to get through this without crying as I think as ironic as it sounds, it, love i i would i want to say you know um comfort um 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say love and comfort. Yeah. You know, when there's yeah. times that are very hard, you know, I feel like I have my faith. You know, and and I just and I feel like that's what brings all of us together. You know, I look at my very good group of friends and we've gone through so they go through so much, you know, you name it from death, divorce, family problems. But yet what is one true thing for all of us is our faith and the church. And I feel like we've gone through so much with the church. Um, We still feel that love also from the church and that stability, I think. And I do feel like that's what a lot of these younger generations don't have, you know, um, something to believe in. And for me, what the church gives me is family, you know, I've gained so much family yeah. through it. Um, right. It reminds me of my family. You know, there's just certain aspects of church that just remind me of home, you know, and home is where you make it. And for me, that's what the church gives me, you know, and it reminds me of home. Yeah. You know, you may not like like certain aspects of your home. You may not like certain aspects of your family, but that is your family. You know, and so that's what the church reminds me of. And so I just, that's what it get. that's it get. that's what it gives me. Yeah. That, that is a really beautiful, like image, right? Like you may, you may not love every single, like you may not love the personality or the differences of every single person in your family or in your home all no. the time, but like, that's your family. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, you know, I think that I think that's related to, you know, you saying we're still here. This is our home. Yeah. 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 That's our home, you know, and as much as I feel no matter what you throw at it, you know, it's, we're still strong and resilient. So tell me something. I mean, you're involved in native ministry at your parish on the reservation um, in Arizona. Tell me something either beautiful or hopeful, like as we're ending, like tell me something beautiful or hopeful you that you experience. I think for me, um, two years ago during this time, I was at the Ignatius teaching in Washington, D.C. And a dear friend of mine, McCall Blackout, he works with the Red Cloud um, Indian School. Uh, he brought a group of high schoolers, Native American um, high schoolers to that. And because it is a Catholic church and they just told their stories, the stories. And then also the stories of their, um, I believe it was their grandmothers or aunts of the boarding schools. And I remember just sitting there listening. And I just remember telling them after, you know, that this is what our ancestors wanted you know, to still, we're still here. We're still telling our story. And I feel that's, what's beautiful about our ministry. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm just going to have to ask you to come back on so that we can just get, I, you know, like there's so many questions about like, the specifics of ministry and like, 
and like the different and and the ways that we both honor the both and of like native culture and Catholic culture. You know what I mean? Like there's so much. No, and I'm not thinking the same thing too. Like this is not even the whole, like, you know, and so it's just, there's so much. I mean, there's so much to cover. It's not just going to be a simple thing. Yeah, no. The great thing is that there's the podcast, but there's also from here sessions, which is literally just set up for people to come and learn from one another. I wonder if, you know, in the new year, if there's a way for me to come up with like, you know, a two-part session where you can come in and just give a little presentation and then like ask, let people ask questions. I just want to do, I just want to do your ministry justice, I guess. I just want to do your, like, I just want to do, there's no doing it justice, but I just want to do a, a, a humble, loving job being like, let's go like awe together at the awesomeness. So, you know, if you would be willing to do that, I feel like, you know, it would be so awesome and we would figure out how to pay you. I would, I would. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you for timing nap time. Um, newborn, this is like, you pulled it off completely awesome. Um, I have help. So that, that really worked. If I was by myself, it would have been okay. Shout out. Yes. Shout out to the help. help. Shout out to great dad. Shout out to all of it. And so, yeah, hopefully we'll talk soon. So thanks for coming in. Yes. I'll talk to you soon. Universal Voices podcast is an offering of From Here Media, a nonprofit whose mission is to encourage the love of God, neighbor, and self through print, online, and in-person offerings. This podcast was made possible by our incredible From Here supporters. Y'all are the best and are making such good, good work possible. To find out more about From Here's mission and vision or to join our wonderful group of supporters, please visit fromheremedia.org.